Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into Labyrinth. <laughs> Neither Jane Austen nor David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> no, but truly an 80s classic. Yeah, and it felt so Twin Peaksy to me that I it was does. like, are we sure this is not an influence on Twin Peaks? <laughs> <laughs> it does. It definitely, Sarah feels like a very Twin Peaks character. Like she maybe would be like Donna's little sister or something. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and like the whole Alice in Wonderland feel mm -hmm. of it and Twin Peaks and David Bowie shows up in the next Twin Peaks thing we're going to watch, which... Pamela, who was on the podcast, mm -hmm. when we, I can't even remember what we were, I think it was a check-in episode or something, we were talking about Labyrinth and mm -hmm. how you hadn't seen it or you hadn't seen it all the way or something. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I think you could totally justify watching it for the podcast. <laughs> I was like, I think so too. It but has then it starts feel. with that whole owl thing. It's just yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, Josh and I watched it together and the minute the owl showed up, he like, whispered not so silently he was like the owls are not what they seem <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't help <laughs> well and i was watching it with the commentary last night and the person who was doing the commentary was talking mm -hmm. about the owl it was like they are symbolic of the night and the tr you know uh you know, the, what the scary stuff that you find in the dark. And I was like, it sounds exactly like Twin Peaks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it does have a vibe. It has like this, like, sort of same adventure vibe that Twin Peaks has. But also it's like this, it's almost like puzzle solving. I mean, it's called Labyrinth, but like, yeah, the idea that like, you kind of need to look further than what's being presented to you is kind of like Dale Cooper's whole thing. Yeah. So there are definitely so many tie-ins. Plus, like, the looks looked so Twin Peaksy <laughs> to me. <laughs> I was like, well, this looks like... Certainly fantastical. <laughs> <laughs> but even just, like, the outfits. I was like, these look like Twin Peaks outfits. <laughs> Except for the Goblin King. <laughs> well, I would say they felt very, like, almost like a cosplay renaissance cosplay but mm -hmm. like you know that bit. you'd go to school in you know like yeah just that's, barely <laughs> that's part fantasy. of the 80s yeah it's like the part of yeah. the 80s like oh, i'm gonna wear this vest that has like very elaborate design on it but it is yeah. an everyday vest yeah they both have that 80s feel but like twin peaks is a little more 50s and that's mm -hmm. in labyrinth it's just a little more like pirate <laughs> <laughs> pirate medieval <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love it it was a good mix. yeah well what is this your first well you said you've watched it kind of before i've watched parts of it before but i've never like sat down and watched like full from beginning to end this is my first time technically mm. yeah i really enjoyed it i thought it was so much fun <laughs> And I love the intersection that a lot of 80s movies have, especially like 80s fantasy movies have, where it's like, this is for both kids and adults at the same time. And <laughs> it's like kind of scary and funny at the same time. And, <laughs> and it's just so much fun. And I love the music that was all through it. It was so 80s, like in the most fun way. It's yeah. so kind of like not afraid to be silly. Yeah. Like the uh, what's the first song? The Babe with the whatever 
you remind me of the beam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just was so much fun and like dance uh, magic, dance magic. Yeah, I've literally had that song in my head for like three weeks since we decided we were gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, of course, like someone like David Bowie like is perfect to do the soundtrack and like is to me like a perfect like movie star like a music star to be like also a movie star totally totally because it just kind of brings this larger than life element to it and it was just yeah. so much fun i was very annoyed with sarah in the beginning but i was like <laughs> she's like what 14 so <laughs> yes <laughs> so i gotta give her a little bit of grace to grow but i just loved it that was great and the anima the puppetry was and like the prosthetics and all the like practical effects were so cool and I think that's yeah. really what makes it stand the test of time is like, it just looks so good. I know. Thank God Jim Henson was at the height of his powers during my childhood. Because <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I can't even imagine my life without puppets and Muppets in them. <laughs> it just was so much more fun. So much of like. my favorite stuff. Like even to this day, Baby Yoda was like, oh, this is a show I want to watch now because there's, yes. I think there should just be Muppets and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's why like you look at like things like Star Wars and how they're able to kind of, you know, withstand their or at least have like a longevity because the practical effects just end up looking so much better and you're so much more interested in how they were able to achieve it. Yeah. I just think it's so interesting. If I try to remember my first impression. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> it's really interesting because, you know, when you're a kid, you watch movies by like, you just don't have the attention span. So you watch like mm -hmm. 10 minutes here. If you watch a kid watch a movie, you're like, pay attention. But, you know, they're going to watch it like 17 more times. So oh, they'll know every line of it by the end. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And that was definitely this movie with me because I just, I don't remember the first time I watched it. I just know that it's always been one of my favorite movies. So I've watched it a million times. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because when I watched it more recently as an adult, I remember thinking, wow, Sarah is a real brat at the beginning. And <laughs> I never thought that as a kid. I was like, her mother is horrible. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was having the same thoughts. But then I also was like, to be fair, her family looks like really rich. So maybe they should just hire a babysitter. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, I guess when we get to the recap, we could talk about it. because, mm -hmm. But like her, her stepmother particularly she has this so 80s look that makes her look so yes. if you watch it like because i watched it first last night with the commentary because i knew i was gonna fall asleep, <laughs> fall asleep <laughs> while i was watching it for real but her, if you watch it without the sound the stepmother does seem super mean because she just mm -hmm. looks mean and i don't know if it's the hair or whatever it's... or the way she's looking at her but <laughs> yeah it's like yeah i feel like it's she has some qualities of like typical 80s villains yeah but then if you watch it with the sound on she's got like the sweetest voice and she's like sarah <laughs> i'm just trying <laughs> <laughs> right and she's like you're the worst i want you but to you drop know, dead i have a very um i give 13 to 15 year old girls 11 to you know 18 year old girls right. a huge leeway because <laughs> yes Life is hard. The society just like hates them and they're going through so much. And, mm -hmm. you know, we just don't give them any slack. And it's like, come no. on. 
they no, are yeah. so much more adult than their male counterparts at such a young age that like mm-hmm. you know you can't like but they're still young so like i don't know <laughs> i just feel like no, yeah, there's something I, about young I girls agree. that just they come across as being mean but you know they're just so full of insecurity that you're like exactly okay, especially in the, get over this <laughs> the 80s i mean that was kind of like on the precipice of like heroin chic and being like super super thin oh seriously believe me i know as a kid from the right. 80s <laughs> the <laughs> so, standards <laughs> yeah and i you know i did wonder like you know if she was a, a boy if she was the son like would she be tasked with watching this child while they go out or would they have gotten a babysitter and so no they would have hired sarah from down the street <laughs> exactly so you know, there is definitely, I give her a lot of grace, especially because I have, uh, my youngest sister is 15, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, she's got a lot of emotions. So, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. you're so, and like, at the same time, I'm like, you're so justified in everything you're feeling. But <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a lot going It's on. hard. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, uh, she's got to give Sarah grace and honestly give her, like, 15 minutes and then she's like so fascinated by this world yeah. that she's just like oh the brattiness just leaves she grows up within like that one scene in which she's yep. pushing him away because by the end of it she's like no i want yeah. it back <laughs> exactly there shouldn't be like real life consequences for stupid little 14 year old decisions yes yeah. exactly exactly but yeah, I love this movie. I love the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I get it stuck in my head all the time. When I moved into this house, I didn't have anything but a record player set up. Mm-hmm. And I had the <laughs> Labyrinth soundtrack was the first thing I played as I cleaned the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. I love the music in it. And I kind of miss the days when we would have like movies like this, where it would be like, this artist is doing the entire soundtrack. It's- <laughs> yeah. I feel like we only get that with certain ones like Black Panther or other yeah. kind of certain movies. And it's got so many songs, you know, it's kind of musical mm-hmm. in that way, like yeah. performance pieces, not yeah. just like, you know, tangential music or whatever you call it. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and David Bowie is so amazing. He's so, so good at this. He was definitely, I think, kind of like my favorite part. He was kind of a standout. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Great, great. <sighs> well, do we have any notes? We sure do. Let's get okay, into it. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. So. For this movie was released June 27th of 1986, and it was directed by Jim Henson, Ugh. and it was written by Dennis Lee, Jim Henson, and the screenplay was specifically by Terry Jones. Yes, from Monty Python. Yes, which is probably which you why can it tell. was so silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then for our cast list, we have David Bowie as Jareth slash the Goblin King. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly as Sarah, which is so like funny to look back and be like Jennifer Connelly. I know. I feel like people just loved her in Labyrinth so much that like when she because I think after that she went back to school and like finished school and then went into acting. But like, yeah, I think so. Whenever she shows up, I I know I personally am like Sarah. 
(laughs) (laughs) She has this, like, magnetism that a lot of, like, child stars of the 80s have. Mm -hmm. Where she's just, like, always so excited to see what she does next. She was so (laughs) good. We had Toby Froud as Toby. He was the little baby. Which, the guy who did the um, commentary, Mm -hmm. who I think was, like, the conceptual artist... Because mm-hmm. in the in IMDb he's not listed as anything, but like in the art department or something, mm-hmm. he's not the art director, but he seemed by the way he was talking to be like the person who came up with all of the conceptual drawings of what everything mm-hmm. was going to look like. But it was his son because he just happened to have a one year old son at the time. Oh yeah, he's um he's kind of like got a pretty. Did great... I say Brian Froud? <laughs> That's his yeah, name. I think so. <laughs> okay. Toby Froud is kind of like has this very interesting like special effects career. Yeah. <laughs> he worked on the he was a puppet sculptor for the Pinocchio movie that just came out. He worked on the Dark Crystal uh uh-huh. re- reboot thingy. He's worked on I so much. I remember hearing that when that was coming out. I I wish that had stayed. I loved that show. I, I from what I've heard a lot of people liked it and were very sad that Netflix was canceling it, so I could totally see it coming up somewhere. Sometime down yeah, the I think it's just nobody wants to spend the money on stuff <laughs> like that anymore. But practical effects are so good. <laughs> Puppets are the best. <laughs> <sighs> uh, then we had Shelley Thompson as the stepmother. <laughs> Christopher Malcolm as, his, as the father. <laughs> Sherry Weiser as Hoggle. Yeah, she was the Puppeteer. body. The, yes. Well, yeah, she was just the body, and then they had other puppeteers for the face, and then there was, a, uh, I think, Brian I see, I see, I see. Henson actually mm-hmm. did the voice. He did. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of special features this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would say, like, a, the body of Ludo uh-huh. was Rob Mills and Ron Muick, Muick I think. Maybe. I, rem- I do remember the special features and said that Ludo was the biggest one they ever had a single person operate the body oh, okay. for. It was Rob Mills but, then. But there might have vo- been other people on the face and stuff. Yeah. And the voice of Ludo was Ron Muick. Sorry. Oh, okay. And then... Oh, gosh. Okay. The voice of Didymus was <laughs> David Goals. And then, I guess, like, the movement was uh, David Allen Barclay and David Shaughnessy. Nice. So Didymus. He was hilarious. Um, all right, let's see. Timothy Bateson was the voice of the worm <laughs> and the four guards, and Karen Prell was the like puppeteer for the worm and the junk uh-huh. lady. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Frank Oz was the wise man, and the voice oh, okay. of the wise man was Michael Hordern. Okay, I'm surprised Frank Oz didn't do the voice too. <laughs> I know, it's so crazy. The voice of the junk lady was Denise Pryor. The voice of the four, one of the other four guards is uh, Steve Wattmeyer. It's so hard to do the cast list because there's like five people <laughs> for every cast. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was like, wait, he's one of the four guards. He's one of the four guards. Uh, you don't have to say it, Mom. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to see like if there were any like biggies. But yeah, I think it's definitely worth going down the cast list because it's so interesting. I always am so fascinated at how they pull off like puppeteering and the, the voicing and all the prop, like all the movements and everything because it's just so cool. Yeah. All right, and then any fun trivia? So there actually was some CGI in this movie. It was the owl owl in the title sequence. And it's (laughs) the first attempt at a photorealistic CGI animal character. Uh And it didn't look too bad. No. (laughs) 
Oh, and then I'm familiar with CGI Owl. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of a staple of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. And then this was kind of cool. The um when uh Jareth has like the crystal balls and is kind of like swishing them around in his hands and everything. It was actually not done by him. It was done by choreographer Michael Moshin, who was like a juggler. And so what uh-huh. they did was they positioned the camera in a way so that David Boyd was sitting there and Michael had his hands through David Bowie's sides and was doing it for him. <laughs> and he was doing it without seeing any of the tricks. So he's very talented. <laughs> there was a lot of blind acting because of all yes. the animatronics. So. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this was so interesting and weird. A hoggle puppet got lost on an airplane and it was <laughs> undiscovered for a very long time until it turned up at a store in Scottsboro, Alabama called the Unclaimed Baggage Center. And a, a worker apparently opened the crate <laughs> and got scared in the puppet. <laughs> but it's on display. <laughs> yeah. But it's on display in their museum now. Oh, that's that crazy that, cool. that they got to keep it. <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, it's very interesting <laughs> that they weren't like send that. Where back is to this us. museum? In Scottsboro, Alabama. Well, if I'm ever in Alabama, I'm going to the unclaimed baggage museum because so. that sounds like a really <laughs> interesting concept for a museum. I know, especially if you're getting stuff like this. Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, there were other major stars considered for the role of the Goblin King. Michael Jackson was considered Prince. I knew you were going to say Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like everything in the 80s that had like, we're going to put music star in this. It was like Michael Jackson or this other person. (laughs) Or Prince. Or or Mick Jagger. Although, honestly, I feel like David Bowie, he's got the acting chops. Oh, yeah. He's to me is like a Lady Gaga esque type of person where it's like, that is a person who went to theater school, but and also <laughs> is really good at making like popular right. music. So they're <laughs> yeah, a performer. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. His hair is got mm-hmm. crazy, like 80s hair. Mm-hmm. But you know how you it. were telling me the other day you wanted a, mo- a mullet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want that hair. <laughs> but you want, what did you call it? It was a wolf cut or something? I think, it's, I think nowadays they call it a wolf cut. It's like a, a small mullet. Well, I, I can't remember if it was wolf or fox, but they when they cut the hair, they were like, we want it to look like a, a wolf or a fox or something like that. It and definitely gave a fox quality. I just thought it was it. so interesting. I was like, is that where the fox <laughs> cut came from or wolf cut from Probably. David Bowie's crazy hair? <laughs> oh, because like, I feel like the people nowadays who get that cut are very like the queer alternative kind of kids and <laughs> people. And I feel like they're definitely like people who love David Bowie. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Love um, Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, apparently, Jim Henson preferred Sting, but his kids ended up convincing oh. him that David Bowie was the best person because... That's so crazy. He had just had that Let's Dance album come out, and apparently that was, like, the height of his popularity. He was, like, the most famous. <laughs> well, Sting was in that Dune of David Lynch, mm-hmm. and that it's so funny that they thought about him and went with David Bowie, and then... Da- David Lynch switched to David Bowie for his next rock right. star <laughs> role. <laughs> it's very Although I guess Chris Isaacs was also in that movie. So double. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love a good uh rock star in a movie. Yeah, if they can pull it off. <laughs> Should mm. we go ahead and get to the recap? Sure. Unless you had uh more, because we're already twenty minutes in. 
No, no, no. Let's do that. It's very much one of those things where because this movie is like so popular and from the 80s, the like trivia list is like, I can keep scrolling for forever. So I just I had oh, some like yeah, fun yeah. ones that I was like, oh, I want to talk about these. Well, talk about them in the recap if you remember. Yes. Yeah. And then also, might as well just check them out on your own because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's so many good ones in there. <laughs> Okay, well, I tried not to write a lot because it is a two-hour movie and we got to kind of... Yeah. But, and also, I feel like I know this movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, the recap is just more of a a reminder. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, we start off with, obviously, the owl, but once we get past that... We have Sarah dressed in her. It kind of looks like you're starting in um in a Renaissance movie or mm-hmm. something like that because she's like all dressed in her clothes. She's reciting the monologue and <laughs> very much. Oh my! I thought I was gonna have a big problem with Cooper because first he started Uh-oh. barking at that Pegasus or whatever at the opening. <laughs> yes. <thing. laughs> and then the swan in the background. He was barking his head off, and I was like, oh my god, this is. How, but he, I swear he watched the whole movie just silently after that. <laughs> He's like, as long as if they're real animals, they need to get off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I love puppets. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's because he is a Muppet. Yeah. But she can't remember the one line, which is, you have no power over me. <laughs> <laughs> also, her dog, they had to pick like a huge fluffy breed because it was mm. easier to Muppetize. <laughs> oh, for sure. And that's like, a great like 80s like moppy dog yeah <laughs> they love a big old flirt furry thing yeah so it starts raining she says her catchphrase which is it's not fair <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair they did I, I when i was watching the commentary they said that they started off in england most of it was filmed in england but like that opening scene is in england and then when she's running through the rain to her house that's america <laughs> <laughs> Well, they had to do all that medieval stuff. Yeah. I was like, now that I know, it definitely looks very English. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she runs home. Her mother, like I already said, her face seems mean, but her voice is nice. But she's like, you're an hour <laughs> late. We're going out to dinner. We never go out to dinner. We have a new baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was funny. It was like, she was like, oh, we never go out to dinner. And she was like, you go out every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't necessarily know who to believe in this situation. (laughs) Right. Well, I was like, uh, I just have a tendency to believe the child, not the stepmother, because sometimes (laughs) stepparents. fairy tales have told you. Exactly. (laughs) That stepmothers are always evil. Yeah. (laughs) But we see Sarah in her room, grumbling to herself. When we scan through, we can see all of the influences of of the movie, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Alice in Wonderland and fairy tales and... Her mom's playbills, which it took me till till I was an adult to like understand that her mother was an actress, and it's really only subtly shown through yeah I didn't context clues. But like her, I guess we can assume her mom's an actress, and maybe off somewhere else <laughs> being right. an actress. 
Right. Or I assumed that she had passed away because that was kind of like a, a trope in a lot of like fantasy movies where it was like the parent died somehow. Yeah. But the fact that they never say that makes me think yeah. that maybe she's just like, you know, she's doing her not thing. The greatest mom. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like really cool. So yeah, but you have, Sarah to, really you have to. Yeah. You have to analyze your parent. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and I was like, Sarah would have totally had her own YouTube in this day and age. <laughs> oh, for sure. She would have like had TikToks about, you know, the Goblin King. This how to and... make a collar that goes around <laughs> exactly. your ears. And <laughs> how to make this toy. She's so overdramatic in the beginning. So overdramatic. She's still acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her parents leave and... Her brother Toby is crying, and it was where we get our first glimpse of the goblins. Mm-hmm. It's very creepy because, like, he's crying and she's being so dramatic. Like, oh, I wish, you know, she's just like wishing that he would leave, but she never says the like most basic thing, which is, I wish they would come and take you away <laughs> right now, which is <laughs> the thing she has to say for them to come. Yes, it was very funny. But she says it as she leaves the room, and. Which I think is so funny that her parents have curtains by the front, by the door to their bedroom. I was like, I've never seen that before, but maybe smart. I think the 80s just loved to put curtains wherever they could. In the bathroom, (laughs) the front door. Right. So as she walks away, Toby stops crying. (laughs) And like, she gets suspicious. She comes back in. The lights don't come on. The goblins are teasing her. Mm -hmm. And there's an owl beating at the window. And this movie is covered in glitter. <laughs> Ugh, that was like one of my favorite things. I told, I was telling Josh, I was like, I love how they, like, instead of making everything look like wet and grimy and greasy, they were like, everything is just really pretty and glittery. <laughs> <laughs> everything is sparkly. <laughs> it just matches the tone and it matches David Bowie really well. As someone who worked in children's theater, I know that that much glitter every single person working there must have come home with glitter attached to them for like years after this movie. Oh, yeah. I think at one point she leaned against one of the brick walls and I'm sure they were like, don't do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, glitter all over you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love all the goblins and all the cupboards. Mm-hmm. David Bowie shows up, best casting. Amazing. Basically, he's like, I took your brother. You can have this dream in return and just go back to your room and she's like no i really can't just let my brother be a goblin (laughs) even though i said it two minutes ago i changed my mind yeah (laughs) but he gives her 13 hours to pass through the labyrinth and she's like all right feet let's start walking (laughs) (laughs) so first we encounter hoggle who is killing spiky fairies <laughs> i love like when in a fantasy movie where they go somewhere new and like the creature that you first encounter is like kind of upset like that you don't understand the rules of their universe yeah like when she picks up the fairy and she's like you're so mean and they start biting her and she's like why did they do that and he's like what do you think they were gonna do All they're right. fairies <laughs> it's like that one time i let a a lady bug crawl on me and it bit me and i was like how dare you (laughs) (laughs) you're supposed to be harmless and cute it's funny because the guy who was doing the commentary is actually he wrote those 
uh, Lady Connington's Pressed Fairy mm. books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a couple of those. I never realized that before. They're but so it seems iconic. It makes sense. Yeah. And we also get, when she starts in the labyrinth, there's like all this eyeball moss, which is so <laughs> <Yes>. cool. <laughs> I love there's it. There's so much detail in this movie, like stuff that you would never see, like David Bowie's armor or shoulder or whatever mm-hmm. has worms going in it, which you can barely see, but like it's conceptually there because like, you know. Yeah. You I know. love little details like that where it's like not necessarily important to like the plot. But yeah, it just says like little things to find on the rewatches. Exactly. And speaking of worms, the first thing she encounters within the labyrinth is a little worm with a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> the cutest little worm I've ever seen. So cute. And it basically is like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's exits everywhere. There's one <laughs> right there. <laughs> and he's actually extremely unhelpful because he tells her not to go the one way that would take her straight to the castle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, this is a dumb little worm. <laughs> yeah. Seemingly helpful, but ultimately unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh yeah, then we get this song that's been stuck in my head for weeks. <laughs> you remind me of the babe. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. I love it. Which is so fun. Apparently, uh he was saying that Toby loved doing that scene because mm-hmm. he lo- he had been you know there with all the puppets for so long and actually the reason he was crying in the first scene was because he was like i don't want to go to bed <laughs> why are you putting Aww. me in bed <laughs> uh, you always Poor wonder when Toby. you see babies crying and you're like what did they do to that baby but it's just like well that was kind of like time for bed <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of like my initial thought when uh, all the crying points, I was like, they're making that baby cry. The baby's going to have so much issues scored up. And, you know, little do we know, it's just like the baby just doesn't want to leave the set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think he cries at the beginning of the scene. He was doing a lot of justifying every time mm-hmm. <laughs> because he you know, as the dad. <laughs> anyway, I love that song. I always get stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, it's, cl- it's so classic. I love it. And, Sarah is trying to mark her path with her lipstick, which is super smart, but (laughs) the labyrinth keeps turning them around and (laughs) removing them, and she, (laughs) it's not fair. (laughs) I kept thinking of them as uh, they looked and sounded like the brownies (laughs) from (laughs) Willow. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite genres. Well, not favorite, but one of the things I always get sucked into YouTube holes of watching, like, I guess, Zoomers (laughs) watch Uh my favorite 80s movies for the first time. (laughs) And I definitely remember spending it like almost an entire afternoon watching people watch Labyrinth and the Princess Bride. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, yeah, yeah. There's something about the 80s fantasy that it's like timeless and everyone loves it. Yeah. So she comes to a couple of two-headed cards. I think they're cards guarding yeah. the doors. One always lies and the other always tells the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever I come across this trope in fantasy, I'm like, I know how it goes because of Sarah from the Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll say now I know because very much like those cards, I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, I got it now. I had to like always work through the logic when I was younger. Mm. Like, okay, if this one says this. But 
She gets it right and immediately falls into a pit of <laughs> face-making hands. <laughs> <laughs> this was the scariest part to me. <laughs> it was so cool the way all the hands made the faces mm -hmm. and stuff, though. It was really cool. That yeah. so scary. But she chose down. <laughs> 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 and she goes through the hands into the oubliette. Oubliette. Which is also another word that I I know because of this movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's French for to forget. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Jareth is concerned that she hasn't yet given up. <laughs> but in the oubliette with her is none other than Hoggle. <laughs> uh, Hogwart. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> she bribes him with some plastic jewelry which he's very enamored of. And mm -hmm. he does this cool door trick in which he like picks up this wood and puts it against the wall and then opens it and it's a cupboard and then opens it the other way and it's an exit. <laughs> so cool. I love the the like the logic to this universe. Yeah. Then uh, they walk through the hallway with all these giant rock faces, which are giving false <laughs> alarms. This was very Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Especially when it got to the one where he was like, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I never get to say it. <laughs> uh, it also was felt very um, Disney to me for some reason. Yes. <laughs> it definitely is like... Uh... I can't remember specifically, but like big face with deep voice. <laughs> yeah, like it's a... like the Tiki Room or Yes, yes, something. that's exactly <laughs> Okay, so then, oh, a crystal ball rolls by and leads them to Jareth in disguise. It's mm. a really cool disguise, too. Mm -hmm. And he threatens Hoggle, and Sarah has a lot of false bravado, which leads her to lose some hours, and mm -hmm. <laughs> and he sets the cleaners on them, Ugh, which scary. is crazy. It's like this terrifying, um, like uh, drilling, metal. drilling thing, yeah. and then it passes whenever because they like push through a wall or whatever, and when it passes, it's just like. Flat, like these guys, little little goblin guys yes. rolling through. It's very funny. It felt very much like, oh, this seems like a ride at Disney. Yeah, it's like anytime it gets scary and threatening, it's like just undercut with silliness. Yes, I love that. And okay, and then so then they find a ladder out, and Hoggle explains the threat that Jareth gave him to uh, mm. about the the bog of eternal stench, <sighs> which is the big threat throughout the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they come out of of a vase into like a garden hedge part of the maze that has mm -hmm. all these like toy soldiers and stuff. And Sarah steals Hoggle's jewels. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess this is I don't know what you were calling him, but. Because I was like, who? But then I realized you were talking about this guy, the old man who has a testy bird on his head. <laughs> oh, right. I loved this. Yeah. And he gives, some, gives her some advice about how the way forward is often the way back. Or no, mm -hmm. the way back is often the way forward. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> it's a riddle, riddle, riddle. <laughs> Pretty unhelpful. Of course. She gives her ring, which feels also like a moment of growth. Like, I don't need all these things. They're not important. Mm -hmm. And, okay, let's see. Oh, then she calls Hoggle a friend. I, or she, maybe she did earlier, but he's happy to be called a friend. But um, mm -hmm. 
he runs away at the first laugh. <laughs> <laughs> this part made me laugh like uh, a little too hard, probably. <laughs> when they were like in like the hedge maze part, where it was like uh-huh. them and then the other little goblin soldier were just <laughs> missing each other as they were turning, yeah. <laughs> it just made me laugh. I just love stupid little tropes like that. <laughs> yeah, it was very silly. But then we meet Ludo, who I was calling Bluto for a very long time. <laughs> That's I realized, what I... Oh, it's Ludo. <laughs> I thought his name was Bluto at first, too. He looks like a Bluto. Yeah. But he's tied upside down to a tree, and he's being tormented by these little creepy, Ugh, bitey things on gross. sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and in his distress, he calls the rocks mm-hmm. which i don't know if we realize that that's what's happening until later on in the movie but yeah sarah proceeds to throw the rocks at these little dudes and mm-hmm. their their helmets go awry and they run away <laughs> and she cuts ludo down and he's so cute and he's immediately <laughs> like wind <laughs> <laughs> ludo, i would say friend. this trope of like muscle but kind of like sweet but also kind of dub is like one of my favorite types yeah. of people in these fantasy movies <laughs> they're always, always my love that character yes <laughs> yeah i love it they uh okay so then they appear with two more mysterious doors mm-hmm. or two more mysterious doors appear and they have very talkative door knockers <laughs> <laughs> and they go through and they enter this creepy forest and ludo i know (laughs) (laughs) ludo immediately falls to the ground (laughs) (laughs) i was like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh leaving sarah alone and oh then there there's like a a short scene with jareth next to this kind of one of those rocks that like line up to make a picture but then when you walk away that was really cool. It was really cool. Jareth gives him a peach to give to Sarah and threatens him again with the bog of eternal stench. <laughs> and then we have, this used to be my favorite scene as a kid. I have since learned that a lot of people find this to be the their least favorite scene, but I still have nostalgic feelings hmm. for it because she comes on all these little guys who take off their heads and their arms <laughs> and they do this fun like dance number. I always love this for some reason. <laughs> I think it's funny, uh, especially like towards the end of the scene where she's like fed up with it and she's like, I'm just going to take all your heads off and throw them far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they start trying to take her head off. <laughs> <laughs> it was just very silly. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, then Hoggle appears, lowers a rope to save her from, I don't even know what they're called, these little head monsters. Mm-hmm. And oh, back when he met with Jareth, Jareth said, don't let her kiss you or I'm going to dump you into the bog of eternal stench. And when he <laughs> rescues her, she immediately kisses him and they immediately fall through the ground. There's so many trapdoors in <laughs> this labyrinth. And they go down a chute, which is such an 80s trope. We've talked oh, yeah. about this before. <laughs> <laughs> Trapdoor into chute. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding down something. <laughs> always a slide. And they almost fall straight into the bog <laughs> of eternal stench, which I can only imagine it smells like a cross between like garbage can and sulfur maybe sulfur yeah i would say dead things but i don't think an elaborate in a jim henson movie we got dead things <laughs> no i would say 
the the look of the bog and like the noises and things that it was making i was like this feels like a sewage bog (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i was like this probably makes like all the little kids like scream laugh because it's like very like farty noises and yes (laughs) (laughs) and gross squirty noises and you know funniness yes and just the thought of like if you even touch a toe into it, you will smell forever. Mm. I it's like a concept that has really stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to be stinky forever. I know. Okay, so they kind of shimmy over, they fall off, but luckily Ludo is there to break their fall. Ugh, the best. <laughs> and they head right over to a bridge. And <laughs> at the bridge they come upon an Honorable, smell-blind little fox <laughs> <laughs> named Sir Didymus. So cute. He was so cute. And he has a little fight with Ludo, who bests <laughs> him, and they become brothers because <laughs> he's have to. better in battle. <laughs> <laughs> he's his equal. Yeah. And so he's like, I can't let you pass. And they're like, well, what what, what are the rules? And he's like, well, I have to give you permission <laughs> to pass. And they're like, well, can we have permission? And he says, yes. So <laughs> they start across. Wow. Hoggle's already run across way earlier. <laughs> yes. He was like, I, I'm going to abandon everyone. <laughs> yes. As usual. Sarah starts. She's like halfway across and the bridge collapses and she's uh. hanging by a tree branch. And this is where we learn that Ludo can call rocks. Yes. And they all come. And honestly, it always kind of bothered my senses as a child. I was like, but if you're walking on the wa- rocks that have been mm-hmm. in the goo, does it not have goo on it? And then it's going to get on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it needs to be little kid logic where it's like they're not in the goo anymore. So it's safe. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I thought about it too much. Um <laughs> I also love how Didymus was like, this bridge is so strong. It's been here for over a hundred years and it immediately breaks. <laughs> yeah. That was walked over. And so Didymus calls his dog, who looks just like her dog, named mm. Ambrosius. <laughs> it's and so cute. They all move along. Hoggle is very conflicted about giving Sarah a peach, but as soon as she says she's hungry, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hoggle. But we don't waste time because she immediately bites it and immediately feels weird. And (laughs) she goes, everything's dancing. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with this peach? (laughs) What's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) But then she enters the dream ballet of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Fueled by crystal bubbles. Um, (laughs) It's very like she's she's dressed up. Like, it's a pretty princess. It's so elaborate. Like, there's so many people. Because there's just not that many people in this movie. But there's, like, so many people. They're all in masquerade. Um, It's a really cool song that David Bowie Mm -hmm. is singing to her. Um, They dance. It's very Land of Fairy, you know? Like It's, yeah, it's almost like wizard of oz emerald city but not if the emerald city was not emerald like if it wasn't green it's <laughs> yeah, very it full of a bunch of hedonistic crazy things. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's really it's a cool very cool scene but I, yeah i really like it she realizes kind of that this is not where she's supposed to be she smashes the bubble and wakes up 
in a junkyard. Mm. We do see that Hoggle is there too, despairing about how pathetic he is. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd I give her the peach? <laughs> <laughs> My one friend. But Sarah has no memory. She can't remember why she's there. Mm -mm. And there's this old junk lady who (laughs) (laughs) is showing her all of her old favorite things from home, (laughs) including her old bedroom, Mm -hmm. which her bed seems like the most uncomfortable bed. It has no give when she jumps on it, which she does (laughs) several times. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, this is like a brick. (laughs) (laughs) Giant brick. The junk lady, though, is, like, piling all her stuff on her back, mm-hmm. and it's, like, she's trying to make her her, you know, almost Yeah, she's way. like, ooh, remember this? You like this. Ooh, <laughs> look at this. But Sarah finds the book Labyrinth and realizes that it's all junk, and that she has to save Toby, and her realization <laughs> makes the walls collapse. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, like, uh, I call it the old witch scream that the old junk lady, that, no! <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) I love it. You know, Alice in Wonderland and Wizard of Oz, very similar concepts. Anyway. Well. (laughs) So Ludo and Sir Didymus save her. Mm -hmm. And they all walk up to the walls of the Goblin City, except for, you know, Hoggle, because he's still in the jungle. He's he's watching them from behind. They go into this the gates but the gates shut and a metal giant mm. removes himself Ugh. from the door and picks up a giant axe so scary things look very bad when hoggle appears rips off the giant's head exposes the <laughs> tiny goblin controlling it and saves them all <laughs> <laughs> the tiny goblin with little round glasses <laughs> so cute uh, she immediately forgives him and Sir Didymus commends his bravery. Uh, they're all Aww. friends. The power of friendship is so important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. I love it. I know. Okay, so they're in the Goblin City. It's very quiet. Jareth gets notified that the and calls out the guards and a very... <laughs> well, he cheats the whole labyrinth. I know. <laughs> kind of like life <laughs> yep <laughs> it's not fair <laughs> it's not fair a giant very silly goblin fight ensues <laughs> at the end they win because ludo calls the rocks, rocks which chases all the goblins <laughs> away <laughs> they get to the castle everyone is gone and there isn't much time left only minutes and she's like, sorry, guys, I got to do this alone because that's just the way it's done. I know fairy tales. <laughs> and I know I have to do this alone. <laughs> We're in a fantasy movie and I just have to do this alone. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, but call us if you need us. And she says that she will. And then oh. we get a very cool MC Escher rescue sequence with an mm. awesome song. And ultimately, she has to jump from the ledge to save her brother. <sighs> And there's an ultimate confrontation because she kind of like floats through space mm-hmm. and lands and she has this ultimate confrontation with the Goblin King <laughs> and she has to recite her opening monologue <laughs> <laughs> and remember that last line that she yes. could never remember, which I is- I always forget that last line. <laughs> you have no power over me, power over me, power over me. <laughs> <laughs> no. I love that's like one of my favorite types of like fantasy villains is like can't be defeated through violence, but can be defeated through like word 
quip play or words or witty words. Good memory. (laughs) (laughs) All you have to do is tell him you don't have any power here, and he doesn't. It's exactly. It's like a dream, you know. Mm -hmm. You have all (laughs) the control. Exactly. So the bubble bursts, and he turns back into an owl. (laughs) She's back at home. It's midnight. Toby is adorably asleep in his crib. She gives him her favorite bear, which is why she was all pissy with him in the first place. Because mm-hmm. she was like, how dare you steal my bear? And I'm like, nobody's, that child Lancelot. Steal your bear. <laughs> <laughs> my bear Lancelot. <laughs> so much growth. The parents arrive and she's putting away some of her fantasy things. Not mm-hmm. all of them, but some of them. Yeah. And all of her friends from the movie, this is what I love, I mean, actually, when I was listening to the commentary, he was like, I don't like this part, or it took me a while to like this mm-hmm. part, but I was like, I oh, this it. is what I need in every movie to be yeah. like, no, the magic is not gone. It's still. <laughs> the magic is also always with you, and we are going to have a magic party. Because <laughs> yeah. she says that she's always going to need them. There's always going to be mm-hmm. times in her life where she needs her f- magic fantasy friends. and. Exactly. They have a big goblin party. <laughs> <laughs> They're all jumping on the bed and jumping on the roof and screaming. <laughs> yeah, the owl flies to the town of Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> to terrorize other people. <laughs> We're looking into some much more nefarious mischief. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I love this movie. <laughs> Me too. This is so much fun. Do you want to do a quick uh, sorting, or do you want to just do final thoughts? Mm. Oh, how about we do favorite part and final thoughts, and then we can okay. do sorting and check-in. Okay, okay. Well, what was your favorite part? <laughs> so my favorite part came to be when we were talking about the big goblin silly fight in the <laughs> Goblin City, and when Ludo calls all the rocks, and they're, <laughs> the rocks are all attacking the goblins and then one goblin runs into his house and then the door the rocks break down the door (laughs) and he screams (laughs) ah they're in my house (laughs) and it's just like the sound of rocks beating him up and it's just very silly (laughs) very funny and i laughed very loud at that yeah i didn't really even give any of the details of that fight i was just like it's there's a fight (laughs) it's silly there's just so much like fun in the fight you like you need to watch it it's just such a good one very fun. Uh, yes. If you haven't seen this movie, please watch oh, it. So You'll worth it. not be disappointed. I promise you. Mm-hmm. If you have any children in your life who have not seen this movie, oh God, make so them watch it. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's so good for kids. Uh, if there's one thing that I am proud of myself is that all of the little children in my life, I have forced them to watch <laughs> the best children's movies yes. at a young age so that they would always like them because there's nothing more disappointing than getting to meet like a yeah. 15 year old or 16 year old and you're like what you've never seen this and they're like it's old like, <laughs> yeah <"No." laughs> or like even worse when you get the it's okay and you're like yeah. how could you insult me like this <laughs> get them when they're young and impressionable <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, let's see do i have a favorite part I don't know. I think there's so many good the ones. songs are all my favorite. Just the songs are so fun. They're so good. They get stuck in my head. I love all the characters. I mean, it's just it's a small cast. Mm-hmm. 
It's got Muppets. Everything <laughs> about it is my favorite. There's nothing that I can really pick to be like this part. Right. Well, I was saying that the guys who take off their heads were always my favorite as a kid, yes. but like now I just, I love everything. Yeah. It's so good. There's really not like <laughs> a, a dull moment. Yeah. Truly. It's just the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, final thoughts? Um, I think I started with my final thoughts. <laughs> my favorites. Make your children watch this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Make I your agree. teenagers watch it, you know? It's fun. And make yourself watch it if you haven't watched it. Make yourself watch it. Unfortunately, it's not on any streaming platforms right now, but you know. So weird. If there's any movie that's a good investment to spend $15 on, mm -hmm. I decided to buy, buy it, even though I have the DVD. <laughs> but you know, so many times these days, I'm just like, I want the digital version. Yeah. And you never I'm glad know. it will always be there for me. <laughs> exactly. And if you just want to rent it just to see, it was only $4. Yeah. Which is a steal. And the commentary is really awesome, too. Definitely recommend listening to the commentary because, is it Brian Stroud? Brian Froud? Froud Brian Froud. Very cool. Even though I did fall asleep for a little bit, but that's because <laughs> it was late and I was, was really late. tired. But all the parts that I heard, very interesting to just mm. like hear all of the like how they came up with all the concepts and at the end, I did hear him talking about how he really loved working with Jim Henson. And the just the creative freedom that mm -hmm. that the um, the Henson Company, I guess, just Allows. fostered on all their movies. Yeah, just that's like such a great. I mean, like I would love to work in an environment like that. It sounds yeah. amazing. Where it's just like <laughs> push your imagination to the limits. Yeah, totally. Yes, and honestly, influenced huge, hugely in my life. <laughs> yes, probably one of the reasons I took to Twin Peaks so well because yeah that's true of movies like this mm -hmm. I feel like uh whenever I watch an 80s fantasy movie I always feel like I understand Maya even more now because <laughs> <laughs> it's just so quintessentially you I feel like I was like oh, this is such a Maya movie I love it <laughs> yeah and it even has like I mean it was filmed in England it feels like it has a little bit of the British mm -hmm. which just you know puts me in the Jane Austen mindset exactly. as well <laughs> it's you can argue it's a good little mishmash of both Jane Austen totally. and David Lynch it's got the humor the Jane mm -hmm. Austen style I mean not style of humor but like I consider British humor to be all dissident from Jane Austen <laughs> <laughs> yes I agree <laughs> I agree <laughs> I would say my I agree with everything you said. The only other final thought I had um, is I feel like this is ripe for a musical, like a Broadway stage adaptation musical. You have to probably rework musical. some of the songs a little bit, but like an 80s style, like musical version of this, I would scream. I would love it. Totally. Because you could do a lot of the magical puppet work on stage. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's been some like like hugely successful puppet puppet-esque shows in the yeah. past like couple decades so i feel like it's ripe ripe for it well in a way it kind of is like a stage mm -hmm. the way they film it because you know they, yeah. they have to build the set up and then like all are working underneath so yeah it would make a really good i don't know if they would i don't know they made emma and otter into a uh yeah. musical yeah, and I mean, I don't know. They they feel like every once in a while they'll go into a movie with music and do something. They yeah. did Beetlejuice recently, so 
Yes. And I feel like Jareth is the kind of part that's very androgynous, like men oh, or yeah. women could play it, you know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah. Ah, I would just love it. <laughs> just put it out into the universe. <laughs> totally. Well, and I think next week we're doing, oh, well, we want to hear from you if this is one of your favorite movies. Yes, definitely. We'd love to hear for the check-in. And, you know, since we're going to sort Sarah or Jareth, maybe both, at a later date, um, <laughs> let us know how you would sort them. Yes, that would be really cool. <laughs> next week, I think, well, should we even say, probably we're doing Joe versus the Volcano. Yes. Which exciting, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we're doing a recommendation summer. <laughs> yeah, uh, all of my recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited because I haven't watched any of them. <sighs> I know. Have you seen Romancing the Stone? Because we might have to add yes, that to the list. Yes, I, I watched it at your house a couple years ago. Oh. <laughs> Did I make you watch it? <laughs> we can always watch it again. <laughs> I won't say no. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good one. Yeah. We're, we're having fun this summer, you know. We're, we're getting back to Jane Austen and David Lynch, and we'll try to relate all of these to them, I'm sure. I'm but, sure. um, Yeah. We're just, we're going to have fun. So Absolutely. that's what we're doing. <laughs> exactly so if you could expect nothing else but fun for the next few weeks exactly <laughs> at least all right <laughs> well that's all for today hope you guys enjoyed it yeah. oh maybe we should re-record the outro okay with the new microphones okay let's do it all right all right let me see do you remember, remember. <laughs> <laughs> i think so yes okay if you would like to get in contact with us you can dm us on instagram at manners of madness pod or you can dm us on twitter at manners of madness nope let me start okay. <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's not what it was if you'd like to get in contact with us you can dm us on instagram at manners of madness pod or you can dm us on twitter at manners madness or you can email us at gmail using manners of madness at gmail.com and if you would like to leave a voice message on our website, you can at managedmanagedness.com. And it's about a minute long. Yes. And we would absolutely love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify or the podcast app of your choice. It really means a lot to us and helps get more people to listen to the podcast. Also, we have a, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Donate button. <laughs> Donate button. Which is on our website, mannersmadness.com as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Any help is very much appreciated. Very much. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Good night. Bye. Cut all the words here and there. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun, though. Oh, I was just noticing when I was listening today, I was like, it's like a whole different thing. <laughs>